Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast show. This is your host, Danny, coming to you again with an exciting message of hope and inspiration. I want to let you know that I'm thinking about you. I love you. I'm praying for you. I want you to know that you're not alone. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. I want you to know that God cares for you. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. You're not here by accident. You're not a mistake. You're here for a reason, not a season. And I want to share something with you. You know, we look at the stock market. We can look at the gold. We can look at the silver, oil. And we can look out and say, ooh, that's worth so much. But I want to let you know, the richest place in the world, the most treasures are in a cemetery. And what I mean by this, so I want you to know, there's people who should have been doctors, lawyers, judges, who should have did great things, but they didn't have the ability to wait on the Lord. They gave up. And so I have a message today. Wait on God. Do not give up. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. He has destined you for greatness. In the book of Jeremiah, he says, he know the plans and the thoughts that he had for you what type of end he wants you to have. It's his will to, to give you the pleasures, desires of your heart because he's a father, you know. Think like this. He says this in the New Testament. If he being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more will your heavenly father give unto you? So I want you to know that uh, God has designed things for us and has things for us. And so I want you to be encouraged today to know that God loves you and he's fighting for you. And I'm going to let you know also, make sure you have people around you who are not going to misinform you and give you bad advice and bad words because they can be stopping the blessing from flowing. And we're going to see it today because we're going to look at David. We're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 26. And this is David's on the run. Guess what? His father-in-law wants to kill him. His father-in-law got his 3,000 mighty band of soldiers with him. He got his top commander, Abner, there. These guys are warriors. These guys are Assassins. And David is hiding out with his guys. You know, he helping the people. And guess what? People turned on him. Say, hey, David here. <laughs> We're going to find this out when we uh, get into we get into the text about this. But I want you to know, wait on God. Don't give up. Just that very simple. Sometimes we have to tarry for some things. 13 years for Joseph. 20 years for David before he comes king. You know, the fascinating thing with David says that, you know, God said, I found a man after my own heart, and David was a child. 16 when he was known. King. But he had to grow into that. He was the greatest warrior that Israel ever had. Let me tell you something, how great he was in battle. You know, he writes in the Psalms, God made his hand to war. He took care of business. He was his stepfather Saul's greatest soldier. He did exceedingly abundantly well in the field of battle. And you're going to say, man, God choose a warrior and says that he has a heart like mine's. Let me tell you, God told Samuel when he went to go anoint David, he said that he doesn't see men like how men see men. God doesn't look at the outer appearance. He looks into the heart. That's what you got to know. God looks into the heart. He knows 
what you're going to do before you're going to do it. God is so excited when believers do what they were created to do. One of the greatest things in Genesis chapter 22, uh, Abraham is about to sacrifice his one and only son, the child that God wanted him to have. But it wasn't until the point till he got ready to pull the knife to kill Isaac that the angel of the Lord called for heaven and told him to stop. Because he was committed to fulfilling what God required of him. He trusted God. He had faith in God that whatever God was going to do, he was going to do. But he was going to be obedient even if it meant that he had to lose his child. Let me tell you something. Put God first. I'm going to say it one more time again. Put God first in your circumstances. You know, this is what David does in this chapter we're about to read. You know, David doesn't take things in his own hand. He understands what God says. Vengeance belongs to me. Repay no one. And you know what? David never stopped loving Saul, even though his father-in-law was trying to kill him. Even though they had a son. Saul slain his thousand, David his ten thousand. That irked Saul. Because guess what? They give him more credit to David than they are giving to him. See what happens? Sometimes the spirit of pride sets up the people. And they get jealous. But guess what? David cared nothing about that song. He cared about doing whatever his father, stepfather told him, his, his father-in-law told him to do. He was committed to following his father-in-law. He was committed to following his father. He was committed to following his father. He was committed to following his father. That's awesome. He was committed to trusting God. He's on a run. You know, he, you know he's, he's hiding out, you know. We're going to examine this. We're going to examine. We're going to examine David and understand. We're going to see the reason why God chose him in the first place. And why God knew that he can he could depend on him that he knew that he could trust him he knew that he would do whatever he told him to David was committed let's see if David was committed to a, a earthly father how much more would he be committed to his heavenly father all you got to do is just look at that from that standpoint. How much more committed would he be? If he was committed that much to his father-in-law, how much more committed would he be to God? We're going to find out. You know, uh, you can surprise your enemies. When you walk in love, you can, you can turn their heart you can make them have a whole different mindset against you because they can't figure you out. Yeah, they might rail you. They might do all kind of stuff along the way, but let me tell you something. But you're going to defeat them because you're not going to be leading to your own understanding. You're going to be trusting God. Put God first. Remember, wait on the Lord. Wait on God. Don't give up. Because life would make you feel like 
this ain't going to happen. This ain't worth it. It's just too much. Just too much drama in my life. I can't deal with this. But I want you to know you can't. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And you're not alone. I love you. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm telling you, I need you just to uh, meditate on Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 34. Get it so you'll know that if you put God first, all these things, the cares of the worst things that you worry about, God's going to take care of that because you're putting the first. In other words, that you're making a decision that uh, above anything, I'm going to trust God. You got to trust him. You got to trust him in a difficult moment. See, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're not going to have anything happen to you negative serving God. And I, I'm not going to lie to you because the Bible doesn't say that. God said, I'll be with you in the fires, the floods, whatever comes against you. I'm going to be there for you. This is what God says in his word. You know, I want you to be encouraged that, you know, uh, you can depend on God because he's a stronghold in a time of trouble. He's a stronghold. He's a defense. He's able to bring things to pass that you think that would never come to pass. And like I said, wait on God. Never give up on what you're waiting on God for. The promise is like this. When it comes to birthing a child, in other words, it takes time. You know, uh, first of all, you have to, you know, I'm talking about, you know, it's bad, it's, it's bad faith, you know. Someone come to you and tell you they're pregnant. You don't see it. I won't have a baby in nine months. But what you begin to notice as a woman go through them trisemester, you start seeing the body change. I'm talking about, and then you know what you're going to find out eventually? You're going to either have a son or a daughter. It takes time sometimes for the promise to come to pass. Wait on God. Never give up. Never let the enemy tell you that God can't do it because that's what he's going to tell you. He's so convinced on telling you that that's what is going to happen. But before we get started and get into this word and dissect what God is going to do with David and how David is going to be exemplary, exemplify, he's going to do all these things. He's going to stand on God and not himself. Did you hear what I said? David is going to stand on God and not himself. He's not going to take things in his own hand. He's going to wait on God. Wait on God, never give up. David was given a promise a long time ago about being king. He didn't know how it was going to happen. And he wasn't going to force it to happen. And this is what happens when you got people around you. You got to be careful of the people around you who give you advice. Make sure they're not giving you advice that's going to take you away from the promise. Wait on God. Never give up. I got to say it again. Wait on God. Never give up. Let's pray. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, your people need you. I need you. I ask you to bless the people, Father, that listen to this podcast, listen to this show, that they will walk in victory. They will wait on you. In regards how it seems, they're never going to give up. They're never going to give up. They're going to wait on you, just like Noah did. When you told him to build an ark, it took 100 years for it to come to pass, for him to finish it, but he did it. Just as it took Joseph 13 years to become the governor of all of Egypt. You know, uh, I just want to share this with you. I love talking about Joseph. I love talking about anybody in the Bible because, you know, they, they had a, they was here for a reason, not a season. Yeah, I'm going to show you about, this is what I mean about waiting on God. Even when you're in a hard place. You know, Joseph, you know, Joseph was really in a hard place. That he was in such a hard place. I'm talking about, this is how it goes. 
17, he's a dreamer, and he's seeing all these things that God has for him. He tells his family, and they look at him, and they get mad at him because, first of all, he's the father's favorite son. He got the coat of many colors. He walking around. He telling what they ain't doing. He doing this and doing that. He even says his mom, dad, everybody going to bow down to him. You know, even his father says his father took note of what he was saying because he was saying some things, and his father knew that it was God speaking to him. But he didn't know what his son had to go through. And so it goes on that, you know, his father sent him to go find his brothers one day. He went looking for him for his dad. And when they saw him come, they said, hey, don't kill this fool. Look at this junk. They take this coat and they, you know, they, they do a number on him. They put him in a pit talking about killing him. His brother Reuben came to his aid, said, don't, don't harm him. You know, in other words, then Reuben... He disappeared, but when Reuben come back, guess what they did? Reuben found out that they sold their brother to the Ishmaelites, and they took him down to Egypt. I want you to know what was happening. See, in Joseph's life at this time, he had been favored. But to receive the promise, he had to learn how to wait on God and never give up. Did you hear me? He had to wait on God and never give up. Now, it says that the Israelites, they was taking him down there because they sold Miriam Bomb, because they embalmed people in those days. And what it was symbolic, what it was really saying, Joseph had to die. He was going to Egypt to die. And when you die, the Bible says you got to lose your life to gain your life. So for all these dreams that Joseph had, he had to, he had to go through. Guess what? It's, you know, it's, it's even at first, you know, he ends up a slave. In other words, he tell people, hey, I've stolen from my, my brothers, you know. But as a slave, he was exemplary. His, his master was blessed because Joseph was in his house. His master was blessed because Joseph was in his house. Joseph wasn't blessed. He was, he was the blesser. And he was the slave. But because God, remember I said this, when God hands over your life, you are the blessing to the people around you. Even when you're not receiving what you're doing, there's anointing out here. So I want you to notice, you know, things, things got good for him. You know, he was, his master let him run a whole house, you know, gave, they wasn't even worried about anything. And, but what happened was, you know, see, because the tests and trials come. You know, James says, so you won't be lacking anything. So when this happens to Joseph, he uh, has to, you know, learn. Uh, Potiphar's wife became obsessed with him. You know, I was uh, read a Dick's Bible in the commentary section, uh, and when it talks about Potiphar's wife, it states that she was an honorable woman. She was a woman of high standards, but it says that Joseph was so built and just was a good-looking man like his, his mother was that she became instantly enraged for him. They, they say in the Quran that it says that, you know, that she threw a party for her girlfriends, like 40 women, and they all lusted over him. And Joseph, even as a slave, he was honorable. He didn't want to sin against God. And he told him, he said, hey, I can't sin against God. I can't, you know, I can't do this against your husband. What he did, he honored God. He honored God. But then he was even, you know, he had respect into her husband. So 
because she couldn't have him. She lied on him. And he ends up in prison. You know, in the Psalms, they said his feet were feathered. That meant that he was beaten, you know. Don't think that, you know, he, you know, he just went to prison. And remember, but wherever Joseph was going, God would give him favor. He gave him favor in the Potiphar house. Now God's going to give him favor in prison. Then there's the, the cup, the cup bearer, and here's the, and here's the, the chef. And they both thrown in prison. And Joseph interpreted their dream, said, hey, three days this person going to die, three days this person going to live. He told the guy, he said, when you get a chance, remember me. Go back and, you know, tell, you know, uh, what happened to me, you know. And so, you know, the cupbearer, he's restored. And, and the butcher, he's, 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 you know, he's hung. He's, you know, he died just like Joseph interpreted. Joseph's still in prison. Still doing what he's doing. And you know, uh, he's, this is and two years later. Wait on God, never give up. And this is what happened to Joseph. You know, because I was, wasn't even thinking about talking about Joseph. This is just what the Holy Spirit is letting me talk about. And, we're going, and I'm going to share this with you. That wait on God, never give up. Joseph never gave up in this turbulent time. And could you imagine one day a God has appointed time. The Pharaoh has his dream. There's no one can interpret. No one can, no one knows what it, what it means. But when Joseph asked the butler to remember him, two years later, the butler remembered him. He said, when I was Put away, this guy told me everything. And you know what happened? Instantly, the king, the pharaoh, sent for him. And at this moment, could you imagine being incarcerated? You don't know you're going to be released today because remember, in this day and age, there wasn't no parole date. He was had to be content just being in the prison. So it means that all these dreams that he had wasn't going to come to pass. They just was just going to fall to the wayside. But when you wait, wait on God, never give up. Never give up because God can step in and change whatever's going on in your life. And so, long story short, he can't go before the pharaoh and filthy rags and dirty clothes. They took and cleaned them up. And before the pharaoh, he doesn't take honor among himself. He said, God, he put God first. He let the pharaoh know, hey, that there was one God. God of heaven, just letting you know what's getting ready to happen. You're gonna have seven years of plenty then you're going to have seven years of a famine. And he was elevated, but it took time. Wait on God, and he will do it. Never give up, even when it don't seem like nothing is never going to happen. Because you, there's no way in the world this man ever thought that he was getting out of prison. He had no way to know that he was going to be restored like that. That's what God, God does. God does things at the appointed time, not when we want it done. I just want you to know that God loves you. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on his heart and mind, and you're not alone. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care what the devil is showing you. I don't care what your friends saying. I don't care if they calling you know names. Understand. Wait on God. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Trust God. Trust God. Believe in him. Trust him and believe in him. 
Now, hey, I know I've been telling you, who's going to read First Samuel 26. Uh, you know, I know I, I, went, I went into a, a direction, but these, 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 these are going to line up, because I, I want you to know, wait on God, never give up. Now, we're going to see what David did in his circumstance. So I want you to be ready to receive this, because if you receive it, whatever you're waiting on God, is, and, and, and you know it's coming, if you don't see it, don't give up. Just never give up. Now, remember, I'm reading from the Thomas Chains Reference Bible. I'm reading from the NIV translation. And now let's dig into David. Now, before, before I, I read, I want you to understand that in 26, you know, David was hiding out. He had helped these, he had helped these people. But now they're going to sell him out. You know, they sell him out. They're going to they gonna let us all know where he is. Sometimes when you do good to people. Sometimes they do some bad things to you, but hold on. Remember, vengeance belongs to the Lord. Wait on God. He'll bring it to pass. The Ziphon, the Ziphon Heights went to Saul at Gebesh and said, is not David hiding in Helica while facing Jeshem? So Saul went down to the desert of Ziph with 3,000 chosen men of Israel to search there for David. Saul made his camp beside the road on the hills of Hedekah, facing Jerusalem. But David stayed in the desert when he saw that Saul had followed him there. See, guess what? I want you to, I want you to get this. You know, like the desert represents a dry place. You know, this is a place where you, where the heat is at. David's being tested. Once you understand, because he got to become king, and he had to learn from his father-in-law how to become king. David loved Saul. David loved Saul. Saul became jealous because he knew that David would be his replacement. You know, if you read the story of David, you find out that Saul had a son named Jonathan who loved David. He said that Jonathan loved David so much, you know, that uh, he was willing to even give up his kingdom for David. You know what I'm talking about? Could you imagine that? You know that you could be king over Israel, but you have a friend that you care so much about that you're willing to concede your rightful inheritance. Jonathan was a special person. He loved David. He loved him. We need more people to love one another like that. And so, wait on God. Never give up. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. You're not alone. God loves you and I love you. I want you to realize you can depend on me because we're, this is not no show. This is a, this is a family. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to believe that God is going to turn some things around in all our lives, that we're going to see the glory of God. Now, David is in his desert place, hot. Could you imagine how it is in the desert? No water. You're sweating. you got your enemy on you. But David is trusting God. Even at the bleakest time of his life, he's trusting in a God, a holy, just God that can do wonderful things. So let's go on. We're going to verse 7. Then David set out and went to the place where Saul had camped. He saw where Saul and Abner, son of Ner, the commander of the army. Understand this. Abner was Saul's top general. He had one job to do. Let nothing happen to God's anointing. His whole purpose was to make sure that the king suffered 
no harm. He had a job to do. But let me tell you something. God is going to use this whole situation and circumstances to, uh, to develop David's leadership. Remember this. I want you to remember this clear. Watch out for the people who have access to your ear. Watch what they say in your ear. Watch what they say. This is the reason why we are supposed to pray for our leadership. People that are in office that govern this country or govern whatever nation you at, listen to this podcast. You need to be praying for them. You need to pray that they have godly people who have access to the ear. The ear is a gateway. The ear is a doorway. In other words, it's if you have access to the ear, you can say anything. If you got this person's attention, he can follow you. Just make sure the people that are around you have truly have your best interest. Make sure that you wait on God, never give up, trust God's blueprint, because it's in the word of God. He got it here for you to know because he loves you. He wants, his, his, he wants you to know him. This is why we have a Bible. So that we can know him. In other words, you know, that we can know about him. We can have fellowship. Let's go on. Let's look at, let's look at 1 Samuel 26. Like I said, I'm reading from the NIV translation. Remember this, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. God loves you. You are not alone. You might be in a house right now. It might not be nobody there. You, you, it just might be just you and the light bulb. That's, a, that's enough. Because God is with you. Now let's get back. Because we got to see. Because David in this desert place. He got, the, he, got the, he got his father. Father-in-law coming down there with these 3,000 assassins. Trying to kill him. You know. But God will never leave you nor forsake you in your hour and time and need. Let's go back. Then David set out and went to the place where Saul, we had, this is verse 5. Then David set out and went to the place where Saul had encamped. He saw where Saul and Abner, son of Ner, the commander of the army, had lain down. Saul was laying inside of the camp with the army encamped around him. See, I want you to understand. In Ezekiel, God says that he wished he could find a man that make a hedge for the people that he couldn't find one. Check this out. I want you to see this because you got to see this. Saul is in the camp. He's surrounded. He's supposed to have a hedge of protection around him. But guess what? This hedge protection that he has is weak. It's, it has no strength. It has no power. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. David then asked Ahimelech the Hittite and Abishal, the son of Zur, Joab's brother, who will go down into the camp with me to Saul. I'll go with you, said Abishal. Now you got to watch out for Abishal. Because Abishal is the person who got access to the ear. Wait on God. Never give up. Watch out who you have around you. Make sure that they're godly people. And that they're giving you the word of God. Book of Job tells you just like this. Job was getting bad information from his boys. They kept running and telling stuff, making him, you know, and God, you know, God testified, hey, hey, Job, you go down there and, and, and you tell them, ask them boys, tell you to pray for me and make a sacrifice. Because, you know, God was getting ready to get them because they was lying on God. They wasn't telling Job the truth. Understand this. Trust God. God will vindicate you. God vindicated Job. 
He vindicated Joseph. He vindicated David. He can vindicate you. <clears throat> I want you to know that. Now let's go on so we can, we can see how this thing, waiting on God, never giving up. Takes David 20 years to become king. The promise God had gave him when he was a teenager. <clears throat> let's go to Abishal. Let's go. So, so David and Abishal, this is verse 7. So David and Abishal went to the army by night. And there was Saul lying asleep inside the camp with his spear stuck in the ground. He, he had his weapon near him stuck in the ground. He couldn't tell him about it. This is, this, is, this, is, this is the king who has his whole top flight army with him. And they ain't protecting him. Then it goes on and said, it was, stuck in the, it was stuck in the ground near his head. Abner and a soldier were lying around him. <coughs> his defense, his protection was laying around him. Poor defense. Abishal said to David, this is what I mean, watch you have access to the ear. Make sure that they godly people Make sure they're people that's going to say the right thing and not the wrong thing. That's what Abishal say. Abishal says to David, this is in verse 8, Today God has delivered your enemy into your hand. Now let me pin him in the ground with one thrust of my spear. I won't strike him twice. See, he thought he was saying something. He, I ain't going to stab him. Try to take him out with one time. And I'm just going to stick him. Now, this man, so I mean by having, make sure you have right people around you talking to you when you're waiting on the promise we fulfill that God has in your life. Wait on, wait on God. Never give up. So now, this guy done told David, man, God gave him to you, man, kill him. But we know the Bible says what? Give no place. Give no place. Wrath. Revenge. Lead that to God. And, you know, uh, show you that through David's trial and persecution by his father-in-law, Saul, and if you don't think David loves Saul, even though this guy threw a spear at him, tried to kill him multiple times. He had been on the run. He's been hiding. You know, his whole world is upside down. And could you imagine what he really was feeling? Man, God told me I was going to be king, and this is what happened to me. But David loved God. He didn't question God. You know, he believed God, even in the midst of those things. You know, to give you just a you know just insight about this, and when we get down a little bit further, we're going to see that this is how you know that through the persecution that that David really knew God and had a real relationship with God. We're going to see it that he trusted God. You know, faith is putting God first, trusting God when it don't seem like things are going to work out, when it don't seem like it just ain't going to happen. When it's, you know, when you get bad news. That's why the Bible said give thanks and everything. Uh, uh, and I think David uh, understood that. So now this is what I love about David. I'm going to show you. This is what, when you, when you don't let people make you make a bad decision because you need to know God yourself more than someone else knowing God for you. And this is what it says. This is what David says in verse 9. But David said to Abishal, Do not destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said the Lord himself will strike him either. His time would come 
and he would die or he would die going into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get his, the spear and the water jug that are near his head and let's go. See what David did. David didn't let that person take him out of the promise that God had for him. He said, whatever happened to him is going to happen to me because God is going to do it. And I'm going to tell you something, how perfect this was, because David, David, knew, David didn't know that he was talking that, knew that his father-in-law would die in battle. So the things that David said, one of them came true. Saul died in battle. And David didn't lay a hand on him. David understood that he, even though God had made him a promise about being king, he knew that God had anointed him to be king. But David loved, loved Saul. It said that, you know, when his evil spirit came upon Saul, it said David would play and the spirit would go away. David loved him. Just like Jonathan loved David. Now let's go on. Let's go to verse 12. So David took the spear and water jug, Saul's head, and they left. No one saw or knew about it, nor did anyone wake up. They were all sleeping. Check this out. You think God ain't got, got your back? You think God ain't got your back in the circumstances, what you're going through? David, you David went in the, he went into the enemy's camp. Could have killed them all. Could have did what he wanted to do. But he knew that wasn't what God had called him to do. And this is what it says. I'm talking about, you got to understand. This is what it says. So I want you to know what God did. So David took the spear and the water jug near Saul's head. And they left. No one saw or knew about it. Nor did anyone wake up. They were all sleeping because the Lord had put them into a deep sleep. See, God know how to shut your enemies down. So don't be worried about your enemy. Don't be dwelling on that. You ain't got to fight them. All you got to do is continue to put God first, trust God, and God will deliver you. If God needs you to do something, he's capable and able to tell you. Then let's go and see what David did. In verse 13, then David crossed over the other side and stood on top of the hill some distance away. There was a wide space between him, between them. Check this out. David about to call some people out. He going to call them about being lazy. <laughs> he going to call them out being lazy because this is his father-in-law. They weren't doing right. And check this out. But it says this, this is what David did. Then David crossed over the other side and stood up on top of the hill some distance away. And there was a wide space between them. He called out to the army and to Abner, the son of Ner. And this is what, this is what David said. Are not you going to answer me, Abner? Abner replied, who are you who's calling to the king? David said, you are, a, you are a man, are not you? And why is like you in Israel? Why did not you guard your Lord, the king? Someone came to destroy your Lord and king. What you have done is not good. And surely, as the Lord lived, you and your men deserve to die. Now, if you, if you get this, you understand that, first of all, Saul is coming to kill David. But David is saying, hey, y'all supposed to be protecting him. Y'all ain't doing right. Understand, David was a warrior. His father-in-law asked him one time to get him 100 foreskins, but he went and got 200. 
like I said about the song. Saul slew his thousand, David his ten thousand. David wouldn't let nothing happen to Saul because he loved him. In spite of him being one to kill him. This is what I mean about when you walk in love, you feel, fulfill the law, in other words. And David was really sincere about that because he was a soldier himself. And he wouldn't let nobody get in this all. And let me tell you something. Now, this is what his father-in-law does. Because guess what? You know, he's like, you know, man, <laughs> man, my, son, my son-in-law could have killed me. And he told them that they should die. Because you did not God. Your master, the Lord, is anointed. Understand anointing of God is nothing to play with. And this is what he says. Where are the king's spear and water jug that were near his head? And Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is that your voice, David, my son? They replied, Yes, it is my, my, my lord, and the king. See what he said? He honored him. In other words, he, he ain't being disrespectful because he loved him. Then he goes on. This is what he says. This is what I mean about humility. And he added, Why is my Lord pursuing his servant? What have I done? What wrong am I guilty of? Now let my Lord, the king, listen to his servant. Words. If the Lord has incited you against me, then may he accept an offering. If however, if men have done it, may they be cursed before the Lord. They have now driven me from my share in the Lord's inheritance and have said, go serve other gods. Now do not let my blood fall in the ground far from the presence of the Lord. The king of Israel come out to look for a fleet as one hunting a partridge in a mountain. David said, Dad, I'm, 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 I'm insignificant. I'm just a flea. I'm your servant. You know, why are you chasing, chasing after me? I, you know, I ain't, you know, I ain't about none of that stuff. You know, and he said, hey, man, you know, if it's God, you know, if it's man, hey, you know, let's plead. Let's, you know, let's plead and let's, you know, get this thing right. You know, because he loves all. Like I said, whatever's on your heart and man is on God's heart and man. Don't be discouraged. Don't let the enemy come in. Remember this. Wait on God. Never give up. And we're going to go on further. We're going to see. Like he said, and we're going to go to verse 21. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Come back, David, my son, because you considered my life precious. I will not try to harm you again. Surely I have acted like a fool and have erred greatly. Here is the king's spirit, David answered. Let me of your young man come over and get it. The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and faithfulness. The Lord delivers you into my hands today, but I would not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. And surely as I value your life today, may the Lord value the life and deliver me from all troubles 
Then Saul said to David, May you be blessed, my son, David. You will do great things and surely triumphant. So David went on his way and Saul returned home. Act of love. Loved him. Brought him to, brought Saul to repentance. Saul had to say, hey, hey guys, let's back up. I was wrong. I was wrong. David was honorable. David let him know that he recognized that he was the king of Israel. He let him recognize that he was anointed by God. David didn't want anything from Saul. That's what Saul didn't realize. And I want you to know, wait on God. Never give up. Hold on to the promise. It may seem that it's taken a long time for it to come, but it will come. Trust the Lord. Lean not to your own understanding. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope this word has been edifying. Like I said, if you have any prayer requests, please send it so that we can pray and touch and agree and see what God does. Wait on the promise. Never give up. I want to tell you I love you. I want to close in prayer. Oh, precious Father, I just thank you for the day. I thank you, Father, for this word. Wait on God and never give up. I ask you to bless the people today, Father, whatever they need, Father, and whatever promise that you have spoken into their heart for them to receive or whatever you have for them, Father, give it to them in Jesus' name. Once again, I want to say thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for listening to the podcast. This is your host, Danny. I can't wait to come back and talk to you again. I want you to know that I love you. I'm praying for you, and I'm believing that God has great things in store for you. Have a wonderful, blessed day. I'm praying for you, and you're not alone. This is the You're Not Alone podcast with your host, Danny, signing off and say have a blessed day.